0: This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom.
1: In this week's podcast...
0: What what do we do? Keep the fire burning. Uh, First thing every day, last thing every night. Make sure the fire doesn't go out today. Make sure the fire doesn't go out tonight. And then in the lives of others, carry the wood. Carry the wood and wherever you see a fire, throw another log
1: on. Um, encourage, Encourage them to keep going. Thank you so much for listening to the Activate Podcast, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today I'll be having a conversation with Pastor Christian. We're in the middle of a summer series called "The Parables of Jesus," and this week's parable can be found in Matthew chapter twenty-five, verses one through thirteen. Pastor Christian, thank you for spending some time with us again today. Um, when this episode is released we will have wrapped up just an incredible week of of jam camp or jam week for our for our children here at uh, JCI it's it's actually how JCI does VBS and and this is off the heels of of a, an incredible student camp just a couple weeks ago and all of this happened within the first few weeks of of summer here at Journey. Pastor Christian, would you take a moment just to kind of reflect and share your thoughts on the first month of the summer of two thousand nineteen at Journey? I will. And for those who don't understand all the acronyms, right? They didn't they
0: didn't grow up in church, JCI, VBS, all those all those fun things. So our summer youth camp is for our middle school and our senior high students. It's kind of a four-day summer camp experience that uh, has church every morning, church every evening, lots of activities and fun during the day, Uh, basically uh, small groups for people who are in small groups um, at night. So it's just an immersive spiritual experience. Uh, VBS stands for Vacation Bible School Week R, Uh, Call R's J Kids Jam Week. Uh, It's basically like a half-day kids camp uh, where kids get to come, have a good time, get everything from snacks to rec time, but all centered around uh, the message of who Jesus is. Is and how to follow Jesus, how to know Jesus. Um, it's it's just a uh, two incredible weeks at our church for kids and kids under the age of eighteen and leaders. And the reason I think I love it so much uh, is that it's it's what I believe. It's it's an immersive spiritual community experience. Um you know at, at our church we we believe that spiritual growth happens along a pathway of 4 Es that we find in the book of Acts. A weekly worship experience, um time engaging, um in in small group community, embracing, serving, finding really your purpose so that you can make a difference and being equipped with what needs to come next. Youth Camp does that. I mean, in one week, we do a year of ministry. It's a, it's a twice a day worship experience. Um, it's a week long experience of engaging in community. Uh, it is learning through the teaching, um, how to embrace your calling and your purpose in life. And you're learning, Hey, here's where I am spiritually. Here's where I need to move forward. So it's really this, this immersion into what spiritual growth is. And then the same thing happens at our Jam Week, our vacation Bible School for our young kids, um, experiencing Jesus through worship, uh, being able to be around spiritual community with their friends in a safe place where they're having fun with really positive, great leaders. Um, you know, and, and then even as little kids learning that they're calling. Is to follow Jesus and to know Jesus, um, you know, and
1: beyond. Then just being equipped to grow and to and to know what's next. Yeah, and it's been a really uh incredible week. We've gone all out. The whole building's decorated like this giant Mario Kart land, and it's it's been a blast. I mean, you even threw threw on a, a costume yourself just to create that excitement for people
0: who grew up in our generation. Yeah, just unbelievable to to feel like you've stepped into. Yeah, the world of Super Mario Brothers um, at our church. You know, and and we've realized our job as a church is to throw seeds. We studied two weeks ago, um, or I guess last week, the parable of the sower. Um, You know, and our, our job is to throw seeds and hope it lands on good soil. And maybe this year all we're doing is turning over soil, so next year it's good. Maybe this year we've got good soil and we're planting. Maybe this year's... Uh, camp experience helped us pull some pull some thorns uh, away. Maybe this year we get to chip through some rock in the shallow soil. We we are trying to soften soil and throw seed, and then and then pray that God places it perfectly in the hearts of these young people. And that's happened for two weeks, uh, and that that ultimately is what what we are called to do as we
1: raise up the next generation spiritually. I love it. Well, let's talk about Sunday's message from Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike is our family pastor here at Journey, and he shared an impactful message on an extremely odd parable of Jesus. Um, my Bible titles this parable the Parable of the Ten Virgins, um, and Jesus uses this this idea of this wedding to have a. Uh, to share a spiritual truth about the kingdom of God, and we find it odd today, but but to the listeners of Jesus, they would have understood what he was talking about immediately. What are some common tips you can give to read and understand the Bible in the context it was written?
0: Yeah, this is one. This is one of those stories in the Bible that makes very little sense if you don't understand some some first century Jewish history. Yes, and even more than that. You know, everything in Scripture needs the context of Scripture. So you say, I'm studying the Bible, I want to understand these these stories that don't just jump off the page at me. What do I do? First, you need to have a great study Bible. Um, a great study Bible, the notes on the bottom portion of the page or the pop-up boxes within the text, the notes at the beginning of chapters and, and the end of chapters. Uh, a great study Bible so often lays the the parts of historical and cultural truth that you can't know unless you've studied it. It kind of lays them right there beside the text for you. Um, I love the New Living Translation Study Bible. I love the John MacArthur Study Bible. I love the ESV, the English Standard Version um, Study Bible. I love the Life Application Study Bible. If you're brand new to those things, there is a Jewish Roots Study Bible that's all, you know, really the entire Bible through the lens of the Jewish culture um, that it's associated with. But go, go to a Christian bookstore, go online to Amazon, find a great study Bible, and never read without a study Bible. That is one of the first great tips to understanding context of exactly what you're reading. But probably the best tip that I can give you is read the whole Bible. You would never pick up any book in the world and turn to page 278 and read one page and put it down and think you knew what the whole book was about. Um, you know, G- Jesus is the hero of the Bible, but he's more of a hero after you've read the Old Testament. So many Christians just want to read the New Testament, but Superman wouldn't be Superman without Lex Luthor, you know, and the enemies of, of Superman. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate, ultimate spiritual savior, but it's only when you understand the darkness of sin, it's only when you understand the impossibility of trying to earn your way to God, that you really need Jesus, and you understand how how much of a spiritual hero he is in the lens of Scripture. So if you really want to understand the context of everything, read the entire Bible. Start at Genesis, work your way through Revelation, because only, understanding, uh, only by understanding the entire story will you understand the critical parts of the story. So work your way through the entire Bible, get it. A great study Bible. And when things don't make sense, write it down and ask a question of your small group leader or one of our pastors or a, a spiritual leader uh, in your life, because context means
1: everything through the lens of Scripture. I'll make notes of those study Bibles that you mentioned in our in our notes section in the podcast description. So Any that of you those, have those would
0: be great to give great
1: background truth on, on things like these. That's very good. Well, Pastor Mike, in his message on Sunday, shared that within this parable, Jesus talks about two types of people, Um, like the two different groups of virgins, or I liked how he referred to them as women of marriageable age. (laughs) Right. Um, There are those who are ready for the wedding, and then there are those who are not ready for this wedding. What is this wedding that Jesus is talking about? So you can help our podcast listeners. Yeah, so the the wedding Jesus is talking
0: about in the context of Matthew twenty four is the second coming. It is it is the end times kingdom. Uh, of god it is it is kind of the um, the connecting the eternal relationship between God and his people it 's in some in in some stories it 's referred to as kind of the the great feast of end times uh, here it 's referred to as a marriage, but it 's the bringing together of people for uh, eternity long community of worship between God. Um, and his people. So that's that's what he's talking about. Um, and, you know, and as Mike talks about why why is it so important to be ready? Uh, you know, I, I look at it in, you know, in, in my life, it was one thing to be ready for a wedding because I knew when the wedding was. I knew what time the wedding was. It was so over scheduled, What time you got your tux, what time the pictures were, what time you did all this stuff um, different in in the story that Pastor Mike is telling this week. Right. The groom has gone to prepare a room. And the bride's just got to stay ready. For me, in my life, the only parallel is, of that is when we were getting ready to have our first baby. Um, and there was a point when the doctor said, it could be any day. Be, be ready. Have your bags packed. Know what hospital you're going to go to. Know where everything is. Like, be ready to leave at a moment's notice. When the contractions start, when the water breaks, be ready to go. Um, to me, that is that's probably a more modern-day, unknown... But ultimate, hey, this is coming. um, Right. This is imminent. This is this is definitely coming. So we got to be ready. Um, That's how Jesus wants us to look at his return, that every day, um, you know, our bags are packed. They're sitting by the, the door every day on the front of our mind is our connection to him and him coming back. Not, not on the back of our mind. He, you know, he says in revelation three twenty that he stands at the door and knocks, but at the second coming, he doesn't he, like, he's not going to wait long, right? He's, he's not going to come back twice. Um, you know, in case you weren't home the first time he wants you to be watching like kids wait for grandma and grandpa to drive up, you know, at Thanksgiving break or Christmas break, you know, he's coming. You're sure he's coming. You've got your bags packed. You're ready to go. Um, when your wife leans over in the middle of the night, which it was with, us on our first one, 2 and 3 a.m., and says, hey, I think it's time, like, you go, because you're ready, and you you and you can't wait. You've been ready. Um, everything else is secondary to what's coming. That's how Jesus wants us to await his return, every day ready to go home. I've got this on my calendar today, but I'm really hoping Jesus comes back so I can go home instead. That That is the nature of what Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for
1: in Matthew 24 and in Matthew 25. That's an incredible challenge and reminder, because I, I can't, think of a moment today where I thought, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm ready for Jesus to reach. I mean, I don't know if Jesus is coming back today. Is, right. it, is, is today the day? I don't know if I've thought about that. So what an incredible reminder through this uh, through this parable. Well, let's talk about this wedding. Um, what should you and I be doing today to get ready for this wedding? What are some practical things we should be doing? Yeah. So we should,
0: we should make sure that we have oil for our lamps, we should make sure that the wick is long enough to light. We we should make sure there's something to light it with, you know. In this parable, there were ten virgins that had ten lamps, and they they would be ready to go. That that would signal the wedding party that the you know that the ten were walking together. So for us, you know, I I would say it this way: we, like we got to keep the fire burning. Um, th- that's how I would say. What what can we do to to get ready to stay ready? We got to keep the fire burning. Um, this this imagery of lamps I mean, it goes way back into the Old Testament um, when when Moses saw God for the first time in a burning bush, right? I mean, we like we see a we see a lamp, um, and and then we then we see God leading the Israelites by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. We see this thought of lamp. Then we see God give the Israelites this tabernacle, um, and on the inside of this tabernacle, this this kind of triple layered leather tent. In the middle of the desert where there was no electricity, there was this menorah, this, this candle stand, uh, this lamp stand that it was called inside, and it was to always be kept burning because it was the only thing that would give light to the holy place. It was the light of the holy world. And Jesus said when he came into the world, he would be the light of the holy world, of those who would follow Jesus. But the first thing the priests would do every morning Was make sure there was oil in the lamp and trim the wicks so it would burn all day. The last thing he would do every day was make sure there was oil in the lamp and trim the wicks so that it would stay burning all night long. His first thought in the morning is make sure the fire doesn't go out today. His last thought at night was make sure the fire doesn't go out tonight. Every day the thought was don't let the fire go out. Um, And then in the courtyard, of the tabernacle later the temple was the altar where twice daily sacrifices were made the altar and the wood of the altar and the fire of the altar was so important that in the days of nehemiah he gave an entire group of people this job your job is to carry the wood and it is the most important job there is because the fire can't go out carry the wood so if i'm a mom and dad coming off student camp or i'm coming off of you know our vacation bible school if i'm a coach who's seen revival break out on my team, if I'm a teacher who has some kids who are trying to follow Jesus, if I'm a small group leader who's seen, you know, people try to, you know, try to move forward spiritually, my job is to carry the wood. Um, I see their fire. I just want to keep throwing my log on the fire. It is the exact same spiritual motion of watering wheat. Watering wheat and carrying wood are the exact same spiritual motion. I am just fueling the fire that God has already been lit. And if I can learn... Every morning, the first thing I think of when I get up is keep the fire burning, get into the Word of God, read my devotional book, read the verse of the day that gets sent to my text message screen from my Bible app, uh, listen to K-Love or my favorite Spotify Christian worship music on the way. to If the first thing I think during the day is keep the fire going, and the last thing I think at, at night, slip down on my knees beside my bed and say, God, keep If every morning and every night I'm thinking about keeping the fire burning. And then in the lives of others, I'm carrying the wood so I can keep their fire burning so that God can move. That, like that's the whole thought. It's just giving God time to work. The priest would go in. If he couldn't see, he couldn't offer the incense of prayers. He couldn't replace the bread, which, you know, stood for God's provision for us. He couldn't one day a year go into the holiest place uh, and ask God to forgive the sins of the people. If the if the, if the the fire on the altar wasn't burning, he couldn't every day send the sacrifice up to God to say, thank you. He couldn't offer sacrifices for the sins of the people to say, forgive us. Uh, it, there's this imagery that is just scripture wide. Again, read the whole story that's all about keeping the fire burning and that's that's the thought of this what what do we do keep the fire burning uh first thing every day last thing every night make sure the fire doesn't go out today make sure the fire doesn't go out tonight and then in the lives of others carry the wood carry the wood and wherever you see a fire throw another log
1: on um encourage encourage them to keep going that's really good well last question for today pastor christian um Mike ended his, his message with this challenge of having compassionate urgency. I believe, personally, the wedding is close. I believe we're in the last days. Um, as a lead pastor of Journey, speaking to a rather large podcast audience now and even beyond that, would you take a moment to share your heart about the urgency we should have as Christians to help others get ready?
0: Yeah, you know, almost any time in the New Testament that that Jesus or the Apostle Paul— or a writer in the New Testament um, talked about hell, talked about an eternal separation from God. It was never to scare lost people; it was always to motivate Christians to go to go do something. And I and I think the thought that the Apostle Paul wanted us to see, I think the thought that Jesus wanted us to see, is listen: um, your friends who are going through hell right now need Jesus as much as your friends who are going to hell in the future. And I think what Jesus and Paul were trying to do was whet an appetite in us that, hey, you can make a difference. The world is broken, and the only answer is Jesus. You have the answer. Share it. Not just because you're afraid people are going to hell, but you're watching them go through hell right now. You can rescue them. You can pull them out. You can do something about it. So so like, why would you not share? Why would you not have this urgency to help? That's the thought. Uh, about 25 years ago, there was a uh, kind of well-known environmentalist, um, animal rights activist on the East Coast that had to take a cross-country flight to go to some deal that they were raising money for. She was a very well-known philanthropist. And on on the flight out, she forgot one of her bags. So um, two guys, two good Samaritans found the bag, didn't know what was in it. Knew she was important, knew they needed to get it back to her, so they they take off on a on a cross-country trip to hand-deliver, like, courier this bag to her. Get halfway across the country. They realize the van that they're in, not going to make it all the way because they don't have enough money, so they get a bike instead of a van. They end up biking the rest of the way across the country. It's in the winter. Get up in the mountains of Colorado. They're just freezing their tails off, right? I mean, they're, they're freezing their tails off. On this uh, on this cross country trip, and one of them, <laughs> because they didn't pack for the journey, starts getting frostbite on his hands. <laughs> so you're laughing now. Um, so he turns a guy named Harry, right? T- turns to his uh, <laughs> turns to, to his friend, name, yeah. yeah. Turns to his friend named Lloyd, and he says, "Man, I think my hands are getting are getting frostbite." And Lloyd says. Well, you can have a pair of my gloves. My, my <laughs> hands are burning up. I got, I got two pairs on. Yeah. And he's like, you've had two pairs this whole time? And he's like, yeah, I've had two pairs this whole time. Not anyone raised in our generations knows I'm talking about the movie Dumb and Dumber. Of course you are. Um, yeah. It, I mean, for a minute, everyone thought it was oh, a was, real story.
1: Yeah. I was right there. I thought like, this is going to be a good story. Yeah, a,
0: a great story. And
1: then it started sounding familiar. <laughs> yeah, great story, better movie.
0: Here's, here's what I would say to any Christian watching a friend grow, go through hell. Right. Well, you got two pairs of glove on. Hmm. How dumb are you? Yeah. How dumb are we to watch our friends go through hell
1: mm-hmm.
0: knowing the answer mm-hmm. and not to offer them a pair of our gloves? Like Jesus will always give us another pair. Yeah. Our friends are being burned alive by life. Right. By divorce, by depression, by discouragement, uh, by bad decisions, by, you know, by stupidity. Um, but like how, how dumb are we to sit by
1: mm-hmm.
0: and watch Knowing the whole time, I was like, "Oh yeah, you, like you can have a pair of my gloves. Mm-hmm. I I have two. Mm-hmm. I tried to get through that story with a straight face, but I just I no. couldn't because as soon as I saw the light go on in your eyes, yeah, um, it kind of struck my heart. But that I'm sorry, I yeah, laughed. Yeah, but that you know that's that's the thought. Danielle yeah. and I a couple weeks ago were driving back from Nebraska, and man, I like I was just attacked by whatever was in the air. Like I felt like I was blind. I couldn't breathe. It was like man, it, like we drove through an allergy cloud of something. Um and I was like, Man, I'm dying and Danielle's like, Well do you, like, do you want an allergy pill? I'm like, would well, you have one? She's like, well yeah, I have I have two. And it's like, <laughs> what? yeah, no, I don't want one. Yeah. I just want to continue yeah. yeah, bleeding from my eyes and not being able to breathe. Yes, please give me an allergy pill. We have the answer. Jesus is the answer. And if we could develop an urgency about sharing our second pair of gloves, about giving someone an allergy pill when we have two. If we could develop urgency Um, it's not as much keeping people from going to hell which we want to do as rescuing people who are who right now are going through hell jesus is the answer and if we would every morning light the fire every night make sure it's still going um every day carry wood um man god would god would use us as a light
1: to the world that would draw hurting people in that's so good well, Pastor Christian, I want to thank you for unpacking that message a little more for us and really sharing this time with us this week. And we want to thank you for listening today. We, we are really humbled to think that you will take some time out of your busy week to spend a few minutes listening. And as always, we pray that this resource has been helpful for you as you pursue a deeper relationship with Jesus. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom,
0: a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening,
1: and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.